You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Jason Nitz of Warforged and Spent Case. There's this episode and over 440 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Thank you for hanging out with me today. I've been sitting on this episode with Mark and Sean for a little bit, so I'm actually very excited to get it out in the world. They are good dudes, they make wonderful instruments, and we had a really good time, and I think you will too. So I want to get into that as quickly as possible, but really quick, I have something to plug before we do. If you heard the episode that I did recently with Scott Marquardt from Stringjoy, you know that I am a part of the team over at Stringjoy. I am involved in that company, and I want to let you know that we have a brand new product out. It's something that lots of people have been asking for, and I honestly didn't think we would ever do, but I'm really stoked with how it came out. We now have coated Phosphor Bronze Acoustic Guitar Strings. Yeah, I know. I've been the anti-coated string guy for a long time, but these, these are really awesome. They are called the Foxwoods, and you can find them on stringjoy.com. If that's all you need to know, you can find them over on the website. If you would like to hear them in action, I made a YouTube video showing what they sound like, and I actually did a really interesting test. The strings in the video that I'm using right off the bat are a year and a half old. They are the original prototype Foxwoods that were sent to me to uh, test out and you know put my ears on, and I left them on my dad's guitar for a year and a half, and then in the video, I play the old strings, and then immediately I replace them with some brand new Foxwoods so you can hear the difference between the two. Again, they're a year and a half old. They've been sitting out in the open air, and uh, yeah, it was a fun experiment, and it was a fun video, so you can find that on the YouTubes. Okay, that's enough plugging. If you have more questions about them, you can text me at the text chat. You can message me wherever, or you can just ask the team at Stringjoy if you have any questions about them. So enough of that. Let's get into this one with Mark and Sean from Scythe Guitars. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast, the show about guitar stuff occasionally, sometimes. I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today, I have Mark and Sean Penicher from Safe Sife Guitars, right? Did I, do I do that right? Yep. Yes. Yes. I was going to ask that, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure Ryan from Demos in the Dark said it like that, so that's probably correct. Yes, so, that's it. Yeah. Well, yeah, That that uh, he was the one who urged me to play some of your stuff and when I finally had the opportunity show to um was actually on the JHS show. So oh, my nice. yeah, so the 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 plan my my original plan was to play he has a pink uh HM strat. And I was like that's what I'm going to play cuz it'll look ridiculous and awesome and it would have. But I was like, "Oh, I've heard oh yeah, Ryan was telling me I got to check these out." So I picked up the telly that Josh has there. Oh yeah. And and I was like, "Nope. This is what I'm playing now." Like this is this thing is dope. Like <laughs> I was, I just fell in love with it immediately. It was everything that I like in a telly. It was, it was doing it, and so I was like, okay, now I'm playing this on. And so I played badly, but I played it for the the rest of the live show that we did there. So that was my introduction to your work. Cool, um, awesome. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. You guys make rad stuff, so I'm stoked to have you guys here. Oh yeah, man. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um. So maybe we start with the, uh, you know. Go way back in the in the time machine, and when did you guys get started playing and building? And you've got a ton of things going on, so tell me all about it. Who? I uh, guess I'm up. Um, so we got started playing uh, probably around '99 or so, uh, the day after we saw Kiss at the uh, first farewell tour that they did. Yes. <laughs> so went out. Went out the next day, 
Um, got some pawn shop guitar. I don't even remember what the brand was. Do you? Uh, it was Sensonics. Sensonics. Okay. Um, yeah. Got one of those. Um, couldn't play it. And uh, sat around for a year. And then finally something uh, something made, made me want to pick it back up. And I was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to learn how to play the guitar. Right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> eventually, uh, you know, cuts of four or five years later, ripping an Ibanez. Mm-hmm. Um, not very well, but still ripping on it. Um, and, uh, cut to, uh, cut to after college, uh, started working with, uh, Dave Cyperling of Scythe fame, obviously. Okay. Okay. Um, and I started off, uh, wet sanding bodies, uh, getting them ready to, to buff and, and all that, all that good stuff, make them look good. Um, and then. After that, um, uh, the buddy that I was working with moved. So it was a really small operation and I had to pretty much learn how to run a repair shop. Wow. <laughs> um, cause all I knew was, all I knew was sanding. Mm-hmm. So, um, did all that and started learning how to run the shop and everything like that. And eventually got good brought Sean on to wet sand bodies. <laughs> now you <laughs> and, sand. Yeah. Now Sean, now Sean did that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, eventually, uh, Dave wanted to retire from the business. So he sold it to us mm-hmm. and the rest is history. And wow. cut to cut to what it's 2022. Uh, I think he, Dave got out in 2016 yeah, he got out in 2016, so we've been doing it ever since. Wow. So, like, yeah. yeah, my experience has only been with the stuff that you, in particular, have made. So that's very yeah. interesting. So was it uh, when you first started working there, were you like, I'd love to build these one day? Or were you just, like, kind of doing it, and it sort of just happened naturally? I really I really just started out, I wanted to be a great repair tech. Mm-hmm. That's that's really all it was. I wanted to be the the best around at, at repairing guitars and, and the rest of it just kind of fell, fell into my lap. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a bit of a learning curve to be honest with you, but, uh, but yeah, I've been, uh, this is all I've known for the last decade. So yeah, I don't, I don't have to have a, uh, I don't have to have a day job. Let's, let's just say that much, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. That's the best. That's, that's the goal, yeah. right? That's always the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Guitars is my day job. I, that's crazy to me. I never thought I'd be here. I, I mean, same. I, I am doing it in a very different way, but I all I wanted to do was be around and do guitar stuff. I had no idea that this was going to be the avenue for that, but um, it is insane that I get to do that. And it's really awesome that you get to do that too because it's it's got to be the most rewarding thing. You like hear somebody playing something that you made. That's got to yeah. feel cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's cool. Oh, it's is it, wild. Did, have there ever been any like really like big moments with that where you're like, I can't believe this person is playing that instrument that was just a pile of wood, you know, a little while ago? I think uh, the first guitar that we made for Josh Scott was a big one. Yeah. Um, that was that was like that was cool. He uh, he's in Kansas City. So we uh, we hand delivered it to him. He showed us around. um he showed us around JHS at the time, and every time we've been back since, it's been bigger and a completely different operation than the time we were there before. It's, <laughs> it's, it's wild. And then when he started the the live thing, um, mm-hmm. it's it's just so cool. Like like logging on and watching those videos and seeing like he's using our guitars a lot. That's really cool. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's really really cool. I I'll never get over. It. Yeah. I mean, he seems to be the gateway for a lot of things. You know, it's even mm-hmm. why, right. partially why this podcast <clears throat> is happening. So, right. thanks, Josh. I'll send you a text later. You're great. Um, same. <laughs> <laughs> but have you? What you made him that telly that I played, and then I think uh, you make an offset for him too. Yeah, yeah. The mm-hmm. uh, we did a uh, all white with a maple fingerboard OH10, mm-hmm. um, and that was the first. That was the uh, that was the intro. Then we uh, then we revamped a 
Les Paul and kind of turn it into a gold top for him. Oh, sweet. I didn't see that. Yeah, wow. that one rips. It's wow. really good. That's super cool. Yeah, and then the uh, we did the OH-19 and 20 for him. And those are the last ones that we got to him. Gotcha. And yeah. So getting to see the uh, the rotation. Those are our three main staples, the OH-10, 19, and 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the ones that, especially the OH-10 um, offset, yeah. Those are the ones that that one has a lot of traction right now. That's that's probably 50% of our business. Mm-hmm. So what is it about, you know, it, us as like just dumb guitar players, we, we don't necessarily know what it is, especially in something that is, you know, it's been like such a platform and been turned into so many things, but like the staples are, you know, these offset guitars or the T-style guitars or whatever. How do I know why when I pick one up it's special, but I don't know necessarily why sometimes. What do you guys put into the, what's the juju that you guys put into it that makes it have the thing? What is it? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if there's necessarily juju, but I think uh, the big thing is we are really good at repairing guitars. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think when we're building them, like we just know how to dial them in like perfectly. Right. I, th- I think, I think that's a big one. Um, yeah. There's like, a- as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing super special that we do. Like there's a, there's some little secrets that we have about how we make things feel, but yeah. Like, yeah. And a lot of, uh, you compound all of those things. I think that's, that's yeah. really what it is. <laughs> um, you know, we're uh, like, we kind of, we're not out to really reinvent the wheel with some of the stuff. Um, but we, uh, you take all these little tips and tricks that we've, we've picked up from the, uh, repair and restoration world of things. And then mm-hmm. add to that, you know, we're, we're hand winding our own pickups. Uh, we pick and, uh, get the best quality components that we possibly can. And I think it's all just a happy marriage on top of that. Like we oversee every step of the way to, making things absolutely perfect and we don't uh we we spend countless labor hours making things perfect i think that's really that's really what it is it's like we're we're not jamming them out you know right how many guitars a month do you think you guys are producing right now right now probably five yeah oh wow oh wow so you're really you take a lot of time with each one that's probably the Mm -hmm. main thing right it's just like making sure yeah so like how many hours would you say that go into your average build. I know that might be a little bit difficult to to estimate because it's kind of all over the place, but if you had to take a guess. I'd say probably 20 to 25. Yeah. Wow. Hours. That's intense. Yeah. That's cool. It's, it's a lot. Uh, <laughs> no stone left unturned, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And is that stuff you l- learned beforehand or is it stuff you've adapted from the repair world, you know, kind of, or a combination of those oh, things? Both and. Yeah, definitely both. Mm -hmm. Oh, here's a fun question. Okay. You ready? I just thought of this. Mm -hmm. What is, because you've you've done a lot of repair work, what's the most challenging repair job that you've taken on and how did it turn out? I don't know. Oh, man. Um, Let's see. I have to to go back recently because my memory is shot. (laughs) Um, so, oh God, what was the last, like, really, really cool thing that we did that, uh, God, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, It's kind of a weird question. I know you've been doing it for a long time. I didn't know. It's like, oh, this guy brought in the Martin that was smashed on, you know, Hateful Eight or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) I would not. Oh, I don't even think Martin would restore that one. I don't think Um, they did. I don't think. I think they just kept the pieces in the museum. I'm pretty sure that's that's, what they did with it. That's what I would have done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, it's it's a a lot of the uh, a lot of the bigger stuff that we do is is hiding finish touch ups. Um, Oh, and like big bad headstock breaks and stuff like that. we're pretty good about disappearing that stuff. Okay. 
I don't know if disappearing is the right word. Yeah, disappearing is not the right word, but <laughs> a uh, a really good repair job. Yeah, one that's difficult to tell is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just had a Dean base come in with a big old hole in the side. Oh, yeah, that, that was a good one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess, yeah. Uh, so the top and back are yellow. Yeah. And the side is uh, checkered. Print. Oh, they call it like yeah. a taxi something or other base. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so big old hole in the side, and I had to like touch up a checker finish on a Dean base. Interesting. Like, that that's something I just did. That that comes to mind. Um, How did I, it get a hole in the side? Is he like swinging it like a battle axe at somebody? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I, like I don't ask questions. I just like. Eh, yeah. It's like there's there's blood on this thing. How did that get there? I don't know. Don't worry about it. Just oh, clean man. it off for me. I hate it when there's blood on guitars. Like I got we got to start charging we, a hazmat fee or something. Oh, you t- you totally should. If there's blood on it, you don't know where that blood came from. Yeah, like, I don't know what's in it. You d- <laughs> yeah, could be anything I, in there. Yeah. You know, you don't know what these people are doing at these shows. Me. Yeah. Mm-mm. How many I bloody guitars cool. do you see? Yeah, it's not cool. <laughs> no, just no. Body anybody listening, a... yeah, yeah. blood on your guitar is not cool. Get that off of there, especially no. before you take it into somebody to get some work done on it. Yeah, yeah, that's not your job. You're not cleaning up a morgue here. Like no. you're, you're fixing instruments. This is ridiculous. Yeah, what do people expect out of you. No, pass. I don't <laughs> want it. Yeah, you, so you see this a lot then. Like, I mean, enough enough to where it's a thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I've I've definitely sprayed blood all over my guitars before. Yeah, like, same. You oh, know, yeah. going to town and it just you split your thumb open and it, it, it. I'm not I'm not hating on that, but I definitely don't leave it on there. Mine's That's always like, been a bad hangnail. Like I'll have a hangnail and I'll just be like going to town and. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, I look down I'm like, oh wow, that's a lot of blood. Yeah, and yeah, it's always always on a white guitar. Of course, of course, or butterscotch. You know, something yeah. that really really pops. <laughs> it's it's always going to be on that. It's yeah, never going to be on a red guitar. Yeah, I think I found a title for this episode: "Blood on the Guitars." Then then people will click on that. Maybe, hopefully, click on it, please. Well, obviously they already did because they're hearing this right now. So I That's guess it right. worked. Oh, right. Yeah. Yep, it's true. So, what are some of you guys' like, you, you know, you mentioned Kiss, like that got you started. But as you've went down the road of rock and roll and, and all that, like who are some of your big inspirations? Uh, believe it or not, um, because we're so into the offsets, uh, would you believe that we, uh, outside of our fascination with uh, Kiss and all things classic rock, um, the... Uh, shoegaze stuff that is ah. uh, that is where i get my rocks uh, okay all right i like that so you weren't kidding when you're talking about playing pedals like i no. yeah we're, we're mm-hmm. pedal players me uh, too me too i'm just That's... so not good at guitar like i'm really solid at rhythm but uh like i can't play guitar that good so pedals are great love playing pedals that's right i I don't think I'm solid at anything but making a whole lot of noise. I'm very good at making a lot of noise. I love that. Yeah, I can do that. But yeah, I'm not even a, like a solid rhythm player. I'm just just I'm just a bad guitar player. So weird I that I found myself in this position. Bad guitar players make money though. Yeah, like, there's there's like I don't know if you if you watch uh, like YouTube videos of bands playing live on I don't know however you watch them playing live or wherever. Mm-hmm. Like, guitar players like. The people that make money aren't always that good, and that is, or or they're exceptionally great, like. But so, at oh, one I think thing, I could do that, and then it turns out like I'm not actually that creative, so I can play it. I can do it. And this probably sounds like a cop out, but like, and it is. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. But most of the things, not all, but most of the things I listen to aren't insanely technical, and they're not. It's like yeah. I don't really have any interest in I mad respect, but I don't have any interest in playing like Ingbe. I just I don't, don't either. Yeah. Yeah. I zero percent want to play like that. I'm I'm crazily impressed by anybody that can, right. but it, it does nothing for me, you know? Yeah, I really wish I could play like Mick Mars from Motley Crue. I really wish I could play like Ace Freely. Mm-hmm. But I can't. And you know, I I watch YouTube tutorials. 
and yeah. I try my best and I can pick some stuff up, but the amount that I can actually retain day to day, like after I'm just like watching the thing and try to do it is basically zero. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My son is uh, just getting started playing drums um, and his drum instructor, I had him like sit down with him and, and he was about to leave for, from his first lesson. And I was like, Hey, Michael, like, because Vincent, Vincent's only six. So at six, you know, the only kind of gratification that exists is instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Uh, delayed gratification is not a thing to a six-year-old. That doesn't, that's not real. Um, and so I, I had to, I wanted to be like, Michael, show him what happens when you play guitar starting at age six. And then I think Michael's like 22 or something. Insanely good jazz drummer. Like, mm-hmm. show him, like, what you can do. And, so I, and I just had him sit down and just kind of do, just do some stuff. And my son's jaw dropped. And I'm like, you know, but you have to practice to be able to do that. You know, you have to keep at it. And he's finally like, okay, so I'm not going to be good at this right away. Right. <laughs> it's going to take and me some time. I never progressed from the learning Green Day song stage of playing guitar. And look at Billy Joe. He's you know? awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. He's <laughs> he's one of the like best rock and roll guitarists, best rock and roll frontman that has ever existed mm-hmm. because he knew what he was doing. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we were just listening to a big uh, pop punk playlist on our little trip yesterday and Green Day came on and it was she. And I was just like, I haven't listened to this song in a long time. Like Green Day is one of the best bands of all time. Yes. You know, they just are. It's Can't so catchy. It. It it and so but and it rocks so hard, and every like, who doesn't like Green Day other than like some like I don't know salty old punk rocker that's like that's not real punk rock and it's like well okay, whatever maybe it's not but it is awesome. Yeah, it made a million millions of people tap their foot the first time they ever heard it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that says yeah. a lot. Yep, everybody from people at Gilman Street to like you know soccer moms like it's everybody likes it. It's awesome. Yep. Have you, have you gotten to make a guitar for anybody that you were just like, well, I can't believe I'm talking to this person right now. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> recently? Uh, yeah. 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 No, uh, it's not like this or person's work not on like one. a... That, 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 there, anything. He's not like a... Like, he's famous in the repair world. Uh, okay. So we've had the, uh, the privilege of making guitars for... Uh, Eric Coleman from Stumac. Uh, oh, yeah, like one of our one of our heroes getting into the game. Whatever, like uh, we met him in Athens, Ohio, uh, where Stumac is. We went to take a class, and uh, a couple days after we left, he messaged us. He's like, "Hey, I want one of your guitars." I was like, "What the? Whoa! Wow! You know, wow! That means something." Yeah. So we made a couple for Eric, and uh, Dan Earlywine just ordered one. Oh uh, wow! Yeah. Yeah. God of uh, God of Guitar Repair. He, he texts me every other day now. And That's phenomenal. Yeah, he's he's sending me a uh, an old Strat to work on tomorrow. Really? I, like, yeah. How do you get to this point? Like you look up to these people for so many years, and they're like, "Hey, I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna send you this. I want you to put your touch on it." Like, wow. Okay. I guess I guess that's uh. That's what my next two weeks looks like. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That just reminded me. I've got to email Dan. I'm supposed to email him to get him on this show. Oh, you really? Yeah. Oh, Dan is a hoot. You're gonna you're gonna love yeah, him. He, yeah, he's a storyteller. Um, I don't want to ruin it for any of your listeners yet, but uh, he used to be in a band with Iggy Pop. He did. I swear. Yes. When, when he tells the story, he's like Iggy Pop was my drummer. It's like, <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, dude. What? Oh, that's gonna be an episode! Wow, yeah, I can't. I I gotta get back on that horn. I also, totally I'll, I'll give you that. another uh, tip. Uh, he used to give Bob Seger guitar lessons. Are you serious? I swear, the Bob Seger, the, the Bob Seger. Yeah. yeah, they're they're both from Ann Arbor. This is insane. I gotta yeah. get this podcast scheduled. What am I even doing? I've been I'm slacking on the job, everybody. I'm sorry, listeners. This is a, this is terrible of me. I gotta get this thing going. Yeah, we yeah. It's some, some insider Dan info there. Oh man, I, I I wonder if if I let him let him bring that up or do I? Well, I guess he might listen to this episode. 
So maybe uh, he'll know he'll know that I know. Possibly. Pretend you're like pretend you're like Nardwar and you just like know everything about his past. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that time in nineteen eighty three when you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you remember uh, back in the 70s when uh, Iggy Pop was your drummer? Like, oh, this hey, would this would have been like the 60s. This is like before Iggy Pop's break. Yeah, before the Stooges, like all of that wow. stuff. Wow. Wow. You know, I didn't think that's part of why that's so surprising is I don't like, I, don't, I wouldn't have thought he would have been old enough for that. Like he's younger than that in my brain, but I guess that's not true. He's timeless. Maybe just, maybe just hey, that's right. He's timeless. <laughs> he is without age. That's right. <laughs> Which is, I think, what happens when you get good enough at repairing guitars. That's he's my the best. Uh, oh my god, it's it's such a pleasure to to be friends with that guy and with Eric Coleman and like all those guys um, mm-hmm. in that one little small town in Athens, uh, Athens, Ohio. It's it's crazy the stuff that like the stuff that they put out. It's mm-hmm. wild. They're light years beyond everyone else in the world, and they all just they're all just focused on this one little place right yeah i mean the great thing about them also is like they're willing to share everything they know with with anybody who takes the time to sit down and ask like Mm -hmm. they're yeah they're not shy about it like i think that's a really good mentality to get into Mm -hmm. yeah i think that i mean i think that as a as a whole we're mostly getting over that hump, not entirely, but mostly getting over that hump where like information's guarded. Like, oh no, I know this thing that nobody knows. Because mm-hmm. if if I if anybody else finds out my thing, then I won't have it anymore and I'm gonna lose my business. And I think that for the most part, the internet has proven that that's like largely always been a false narrative. Yeah, definitely. I, and like it, guitar repair as a career path is such a new thing. Like I I understand why people have been like closely guarding their secrets for so long, but uh, like we're all making the rules as we go along. There's no like handbook on how to be a, a guitar repair guy. Like right. <laughs> so like I oh, Dan wrote the repair book. No, yeah. Dan <laughs> <wrote> the repair book. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, so, he told so you there's how the to do one it. or two. Yeah, but not necessarily how to carve it out as a career. Which actually is a nice segue into a question I was planning on, planning on asking, sure. which is. For somebody who's listening to this that maybe is wanting to start a repair shop, maybe they've like been doing this kind of on the side for a long time and they're they're ready to like try to make a, a real go at it. What advice would you have for that person? Do it. Just just do it. Get yeah. Strip. Like if if you're confident enough in, in your ability and uh, you think you're ready to take on clients, then just go for it. Like the worst you can do is screw up and have to have some hard conversations. Right. You know? And it's gonna happen. But uh, I'd say just go for it. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there shouldn't be anything holding people back from doing this because, like, it needs to, it needs to become a viable option for people. I think because there's so yeah. many guitar players and so few repair guys. Like, I, I think that uh, people should do it, and especially uh, post-pandemic stuff. You know, um, or not post during pandemic stuff i guess is is a better way to put it because uh i don't think we're out of this for a second um but i mean we saw one solid month of no business whatsoever wow and since then and that was uh that was april april of 2020 since then we have had to shut the shop down um one time to catch up but before that, we were limiting appointments. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are so busy right now that it's it's really hard to keep up. Like this year is looking like we're either going to have to hire two new people or risk having to do that again. We are so busy. Wow, it's it's crazy. So many so many people are picking up guitar, and a lot of those people are repeat customers for, for mm-hmm. repair, just simple setup stuff. Or when it comes to anything, like people are, people are committed to playing guitar again. And imagine I, being somebody that starts a shop and getting to say, I work on people's guitars for a living. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's cool. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't want for nothing. I don't have to, uh, 
I don't have to worry. Like I, I just, I work on guitars for a living. Like, yeah, that's such a new thing. It's not like mechanics, like mechanics, like since there's been an engine, there's always been mechanics. Like people have tried to, you know, fix their guitars for a long time. Uh, but like, no, the techs are a new thing, man. That's cool. Well, and it's also, I know at least for me, like once you have your person locally, like once you have that guy yeah. or whoever's doing it for you, you don't really tend to, unless it's an emergency and they just can't do it. Like you don't tend to stray away from that. Like no. once I, once I, once I got my guy, you know, that was it. Like the, I'm going to write sounds. That's where I'm, that's where I take my guitars when I need, oh, when right. I need them, you know? Right sounds. That's, All yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that came, and so much of, I mean, you can probably attest to this. So much of that is word of mouth. Cause yeah, why yeah. did I start, why did I start going to Matt? Cause I hadn't used a repair guy in a really, really long time. I had a bunch of guitars that needed set up that I could have done. But I was like, I don't have time. I don't want to. I like, and I'd rather just drop them off and have somebody who's a professional do it. That's right. And um, so I just, I texted Andy Martin. I was like, who's your person? He's like, it's Matt. Okay, I'm going to Matt then. And I think that it tells you like the value in doing a really, really good job. Because Matt does a really, really good job with everything. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's doing. Um, and again, he's one of the, he's a good follow. Because like he's a good follow on social media. Because if you are just getting started in this, you're gonna get a lot of information. Mm-hmm. He shares a ton of like really like practical, useful things that are just you know, like, yeah. Oh, I, would, I wouldn't have thought of pulling a knob off like that, huh? Look at that, you know. It's yeah. just the little things like that, man. I, I love I love social media for that. And mm-hmm. uh, we try to uh, follow and follow back like as many people like if somebody follows follows us and they're a repair person then i'm gonna give them a follow back like i'm not better than anybody else like you might learn something i might learn something Mm -hmm. that's great yep yeah that is for all of its follies uh there are some bright spots in the social social media landscape right that's all it you know trying to find those and cultivate your feed to be mostly those is always a, a unique challenge but it is i've done a pretty good job most of my most of my feed brings me some, brings me joy. I, once in a while, I have to shake my fists in the air like an old man, but not very often. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. very often at, at repair techs on my end. Every now and again, they'll they'll post something kind of off kilter. I'm like, ah, I don't know about all that, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I make a really dumb meme sometimes, so that probably bothers some people. Yeah. I just did today. Um, uh, we're but, notoriously know. bad at even posting to social media, so. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's like you're busy or something. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. It's mm-hmm. We are really busy. It turns out I don't have the time to... I, I barely even check my social media anymore. Uh, and yeah, let alone focus on the business side of things. I think we're going to have to like hire somebody to uh, do that for us because we are notoriously bad at that. Oh, we'll just have Grant <laughs> do it when he gets here. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's... Uh, I mean... I had I've told this story many times on the podcast, but it was about three years ago. Somebody wanted to talk to me about social media strategy and just their business strategy in general because they were a, a company that had done really well in like 2012, mm-hmm. um, and then kind of started like I don't they didn't really they just kind of didn't keep up, and so they they contacted me and asked for like a, a initial conversation, and I was like, here's what you need to do, and I gave them the whole thing. And their response was like, wow, that sounds like a lot of work. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like it's it's almost like it's someone's full time job. You know? Right. <laughs> you know? it's, and uh, they never did. They never did uh, pull the trigger on anything as far as I can tell. So um, I guess they just stuck with that strategy that they that they were going with. But that's a tangent. I don't know where I'm, why I'm going. Uh, it, uh, it happens. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Keeping up with keeping up with social media and. Uh, you don't even have to. You don't have to even fight to stay relevant. You just need to get out there more than you think you do. Just yes. a little bit. Just a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. think of what you can handle day to day, and just like amplify that by one and a half. That's advice we don't follow. And but, yeah, that's the advice I don't follow. <laughs> okay, but you know, at least you yeah, know. But I know. <laughs> but I know. I think about it all the time. That extra mm-hmm. two minutes is like a real burden on workflow, you know. 
Sometimes <laughs> it is, though. Yeah, sometimes no, it, it is. is. Like, it's well, you're in the middle of something. You got like, you know, grease all over your hands, and you're like trying to do something, and then it's just like, Dude, I should take a picture okay, right I now. I should snap a picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, it's like, or I could finish it and get it out the door. Right. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's but it always like, finish it and get it out the door for us, um, mm-hmm. which is. It's pretty unfortunate because we're banging out some pretty cool stuff every now and again. I I mean, you, you just need to like remind each other, like while you're doing, hey, take a picture of that, and then you can hold each other accountable or something. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a that probably it's worked a tough, pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough line to walk, though. I mean, and then there's the other argument. You know, is uh, I don't know. You seem like what you're doing is is working. So yeah, yeah. You know, it, the 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 it's it's only a problem if what you're doing isn't working. Kind of right. like the individual I was just speaking about. He was like upset that I don't want to I don't want I don't want to air the dirty laundry too much. But he was upset that it wasn't working. I'm like, well, here's what you should do to make it work. And he's like, no. Well, then don't be upset that it's not working. I guess right. I don't. Um, <clears throat> so I kind of I see a lot of people thing. that post a lot, and I. Because they post a lot, I'm able to nitpick a lot. Like I'm really zooming, like thumb and forefinger, and zooming in on their work. And I'm like, uh, maybe you shouldn't have posted that, buddy. But- <laughs> <laughs> Is that something though? You think that a, I mean, a, a, that a customer would notice most of the time, or is it more Absolutely like not. my trained eye notices? It's, it's a trained eye thing. Yeah. What's a here's a oh here's a good question. What's a common mistake that you see like? That not from a tech perspective, but like, what's something you see all the time that comes in? It's like, okay, you really shouldn't, you know, store your guitars underwater or something like that. Like, what's what's like something you see that players don't think about enough? Um, humidifying their instruments. Speaking of storing it underwater, yeah. Um, just see, a, like, my bench all week has been top cracks on acoustic guitars. Like, that's mm-hmm. all I've been fixing lately. That and. Uh, like doing the paintwork for Scythe, um, it's all top cracks for me because people That's... aren't humidifying their guitars when the heaters come on. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that's something that I I'm fortunate in that it stays pretty consistent. So I forget that that's a that's yeah. A need in, 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 in the Midwest places. with a with a really dry winters and really humid summers, like it's a. Uh, Wood does a lot of things in both those extremes. So, <laughs> right, and it's it's like it's really like the swing from one to the other, right? Mm-hmm. That yeah that kills it, and it's and it's really rapid here. So like it gets really dry really quickly, and then tops just crack on acoustic guitars mm-hmm. or sides or like bridges come off. Oh Man. yes, well, yes. It's tis the season for bridges coming off. Uh. It's not something you ever want to open your case and see. No, it's nope. not a. That's not a good feeling. I knock on wood have not ever had that happen, and hopefully I never will. But I probably will. It, it will. It's, it's part of the natural lifespan of an acoustic guitar. I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's why I don't have any. Just like how <laughs> Gibson, right. Gibson necks are always going to snap it at some point. What? And, uh, no, and don't bridges tell me are that. coming off acoustic guitars. Like that's that's going to happen. No, don't tell me that. I got one, two, three, four Gibsons. They're, well, they're know, still they're still okay. The so they say they sound better after a, a good uh, neck break repair. So you have that not, to look uh, forward to. It doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> it's it gotta be a good uh, repair. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, got me like looking at my Les Paul Jr. So right now in, in fear. Like I'm like, oh don't you do it. Don't you do it. I don't know. They're pretty safe. I'm I'm pretty I don't know. Yeah, it now looks you like you got a, a really nice setup back there. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, this really? is the shred shed. Uh, I, <laughs> I sometimes this is sometimes I wish I could put it out. Oh, I I could. I have not yet not been lazy and put out these out in video form. But I did do a shred shed walkthrough on YouTube the other day. Um, my listeners have been asking for that for a really long time. So I did a, watch that's it. A nice setup. Th- thank you. Thank you for. Yeah. Oh, you did watch it. Thank I did you. watch it. I appreciate that. The the views are are what not almost pay the bills. I don't know. It's more of the it's more of the downloads. The listens do better, but <laughs> that's okay. Um, did you see me uh, storing anything in a questionable manner? Were you like Blake? You're going to regret that one day. Or is no, anything... I did not. Okay. Whew. 
she got me sweating now. I just think if I look at my Gibsons, the headstock's going to break now. You know, that's I've never uh, worried all about it, it takes before. sometimes. That's, yes, it will. So, do, if you so look don't at look it, at it? If, we, if yeah. you scowl at a Gibson, the headstock's going to snap right off on you. Know, just smile at it. We say that to everybody that comes in uh, with a with a snapped headstock on a Gibson. It's like, yeah, you can look at them wrong and they'll... Uh, they'll mm -hmm. Although I will say... Gotta like, be really, really reassuring for them, you know? I... I have my my first guitar, my first electric guitar was was a Gibson. I'm looking at it right now, and I'm thinking about all the times that the headstock should have broke on it because I was like playing, you know, rowdy punk rock stuff and swinging it around and mis mistreating it, and it definitely hit the ground a few times. Somehow the headstock's still on it though. Is that does that mean I'm headed for trouble? Is there like a it's just waiting for that one time, or is it battle tested? Yeah, it's it's probably uh, you know you got a good piece of wood on your neck so here's another question for you player from players you'll hear these things but i don't know i don't necessarily know how much weight it holds but you'll be like oh yeah the fenders from 1993 to 97 were great but uh the ones from 92 to 91 had problems and the, you'll hear that with different brands sometimes said um I think that can be true sometimes, mm -hmm. but but I also think that guitar players often don't know what they're talking about. Have you ever seen any <laughs> particular era be a problem oh. with any major brand? Where do I start? Okay, I'm ready. This Hit is uh, this is the content I crave. Um, if you are buying an American Fender from the year 2000 to about 2006, uh huh. You are going to expect that your truss rod runs out of adjustment and you are left with a forward bowed neck and you are going to need to pull the walnut plug at the headstock, <gasps> add some washers to it and uh, put it back in, do a finish touch up and all that. I've seen so many early 2000s fenders um, that just run out of adjustment on their headstock. Mm -hmm. uh, or at, at the uh, at the truss rod at the headstock. Um, it is a problem. You can try to press the neck with heat, but it doesn't usually work. And you just need to go in and and reinforce that. Wow, it's it happens a lot. Um, Gibson from 2006 to 2011 just throw it in the garbage. <laughs> uh, minus minus select few. If, if your listeners out there, if you are playing a 2007 Les Paul Studio and it rocks for right. you, it rocks. Sean's rocks. Mine's rocks. My mm -hmm. 2011 Melody Maker rocks. But that's not what I see. I, I mean, maybe maybe I have a uh, a bad perspective on it because it's only coming to a repair shop if it's got a problem. I think I think the problem is we notice patterns. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we, we notice patterns on like when particular problems are, you know, presenting themselves and what what years they are. But mm -hmm. by and large, I don't think every guitar from that era is going to be some sort of messed up. Right. So, what you mentioned the the problems on the fenders. What was the issues with the Gibsons, or is it all over the place? <laughs> it's all over. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're all over the place. Twisted necks, uh, um, mistral bridges. Uh, you can't intonate them. Uh, just you name it on Gibson. I've seen it. Wow, Henry J's you know prime cocaine years. Just we're not kind to the brand. Sure. I don't think you know. No, we we just had to <laughs> to pull alleged the cocaine pull, years. Sorry, yeah. sorry, everyone. Allegedly. Don't get sued. Yeah, yeah, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, we just we have a 2019 uh, 335 in right now, which by all means is a great guitar, but we just had to pull all the frets out and refret it because the neck, like, it was just. Uh, I'm gonna chalk it up to a production snafu, and uh, like they just did a bad job on this one. Was it were they not like fully in? What was wrong with? They them? were not fully level. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think it got plucked with the neck in a uh, with the neck not straight. Um, so oh. we, went to, we went to go level it out, and 
everything just went south really, really quickly. And I had to make that really sad phone call. It's like, buddy, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm doing okay today. How are you? Uh, okay. I have some bad news. This, this has to be refretted. And yeah, it really, it really, it breaks my heart every time I have to make that call because like we try to be like from a repair standpoint of things, like we know that most musicians are either, they just want to get their stuff right or they're working on a musician's budget. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of tell when they're working on a musician's budget. And I hate having to make that phone call, the the bad news phone call. And luckily in this, in this instance, he was cool with it. It's like, okay, this is, it's going to be fine. The bones are good, but this is, this needs to be addressed now or else you're throwing your money in the trash. Right. Like on, on just general maintenance stuff, like, and I, I'm not the kind of person who will allow somebody that brings their stuff to us to throw their money in the trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like there's no point in changing the oil in this engine because you've already got like a a rod knocking and you need to <laughs> you need to rebuild it basically. Yeah, yeah. We, we use the mechanic analogy quite a bit around mm-hmm. the shop. Yeah, like, yeah. Those are things that translate to my brain. That's, yeah, that's yeah. my my you can formal dump life. You coolant in your reservoir all day, but your head gas gets blown. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which it's like it, we will get you by. You'll get to the store, you know. Yeah, but not much uh, further. Yeah, but you're gonna spend a lot of money on coolant over the time. Yep. Yep. So you mentioned something I want to ask you your guys' opinion on. I don't know if this sure. is like a touchy subject in the repair world. I have a feeling that it might be. How do you guys feel about Plex machines? Love them. Love them. Love them. But Love them. That said, they're only as good as the Plex operator. So, like, take uh, our 2019 335 example. Like, the Plex operator probably uh, didn't know, like, what to look for mm-hmm. before they plucked that guitar. Right. Um, and they, you know, it, it was a bad job, and <laughs> and that happens. Uh, that's okay. But like, with a with a trained, with a trained technician, like you're gonna get outstanding work every single time, better than what you can do by hand. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that. Like, we're looking into getting a plaque. Uh, they cost a lot of money, and that like that's something we have to figure out at some point. But like, our plan. Uh, is to get a get a plug machine for builds and repairs. That's a I like that analogy because you know we at Stringjoy there's you wouldn't believe the comments in the in the ads and and videos and things that that go out on for a string company. It's pretty astounding um, how passionate people get about things they really don't understand. Sure. Uh, and and uh, one of the common things is like well. Your machine, everybody uses the same machine, so how are they any different? And it's, I'm always like, that's the dumbest thing. That's like saying, like, yeah, all carpenters use hammers. How's that? <laughs> how's that build any different? It's like, right. Because it's not, you can run a machine badly. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, and that's, that's uh, how I feel about Plex. Mm-hmm. You can run a machine yeah. badly. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I, I'm assuming with strings, like you're, you're thinking of the, uh, the diameter of the core wire, is it hex core, is it round core? All these other things that go into the equation of making a great guitar string. Well, it's, you know, you know and I, I'm not even that good at it. Like, I just know a lot of the stuff, but I I know, like, there's, there's those things. There's how much compression you're putting on the core as it's being wrapped. Yeah. And something and something that we pay a lot of attention to that, that some people don't uh, is the actual angle that the wire wraps at because you can go you know a few, like a long ways you can go i can't remember like 45 degrees I, i'm probably scott's probably gonna pull his like pull me in the office and beat me up because i don't remember exactly <laughs> what the numbers right. are but like it, it it can go pretty far one way or the other and if you yeah. don't have it just right for the string that you're working on it um it won't intonate right or it, it won't it won't be a good string but visually you won't be able to tell once it's done the only yeah. way you know is by seeing it run. And uh, 
we actually had a company that does white label stuff for other manufacturers come by and see our process and they were like, well, what's wrong with that one? Like, oh, that one got off uh, a little bit on the on the on the wine, so we had to scrap it. And they're like, oh no, we would have sold that. And like do we that. were like and and he, I was like, uh no, I don't think that's probably a good move. And he's like, well, if the customer doesn't complain, then it's fine. I'm like, but you're so far removed from the customer, you wouldn't even know if they were complaining because you're a white label manufacturer. So like, it was kind of disheartening to, and like to know that that person or that company rather makes stuff for, a, I know they make stuff for a brand that's essentially just lying about mm-hmm. what their strings are mm-hmm. that I get NAM emails for all the time and I always have to like not scream. Um. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's kind of the same analogy for mm. us w- with our uh, with our custom guitars. Like, mm. I know what variables other people have, and I know not to use that same metric for judging our stuff. Like, if we're gonna charge a good amount of money for a guitar, mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to eat that cost and make sure that I have the foresight to see through those things and check every little aspect of production before these things go out. That's mm-hmm. the only, like, mo- will 90% of people know the difference? No, but it's that 10% of people that do that are really good at the internet and really on the forums <laughs> that scare the crap out of me. <laughs> and I, 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 am, I am doing this for everybody and a lot of it's for those guys, mm-hmm. you know. Like I, it it just makes sense to. No, not... we're forum proof. Yeah, we're forum proof. I hope. Forum proof. <laughs> Next thing you that's know, right. somebody's gonna be like, "No, they ain't about crap." Yeah, that's. <laughs> They're no good. That's your that's your new slogan. <gasps> forum proof. Forum proof. Uh, we thought it was Sci- vintage corrected, but now it's forum proof. <laughs> yeah, forum proof. Forum proof. Forum proof. I mean, if we're you can make a truly and forum proof. Uh, if you can make a truly forum-proof guitar, uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's been done yet. I don't think you know? it's possible, but well, <laughs> we're, we're because... trying our best. <laughs> and it, it, I don't mean this in the way that it sounds, because it's definitely not every forums are nice places, especially the Tone Mob Facebook group. That's right. Um, that's right. But am I on that? For... I'm gonna get on it. Um, Mark's on it. Yeah, I'm on it. Yeah. Where have you been? Yeah. He's been too busy. Too busy. <laughs> been. We're, he's we're he's so getting on it right now. Look at him. He's going on right now. I'll prove you when we get off of this because I'm I'm all tied up doing a podcast or something. Um, Following. <laughs> but the problem, the, the wonderful thing about the internet is that everybody gets a platform. The horrible thing about the internet is everybody gets a platform. Uh-huh. And uh, some people, like I said before, just don't know what they're talking about. So if you can make it forum proof, you have to also like, guard against people who have no idea what they're saying and that's just an impossible task so but i wish you luck on your journey <laughs> i don't i don't think we'll get there but no nobody nobody will ever get there but we are trying our damnedest mhm you'll get there one day if anybody's going to get there it's going to be you fellas that's what Th- i think that's right thank you for that's, the vote of yep. confidence mhm well we are approaching the end of the episode we're getting close i have a couple classic questions i have to ask and because there are two of you i might want to jump into this a little bit sooner rather than uh, later so we can wrap this thing up properly but before i do you know this is your chance to you know shout out your grandma say anything you've been wanting to say to thousands of people uh this is your opportunity to do it go for it i'm gonna shout out dustin dustin babisky yeah, and <laughs> just because I know he's gonna listen, yeah, and uh, and Ryan from Demos in the Dark, absolutely, two wonderful people. Dustin actually gave me a ride from the JHS shop that day to the airport and brought me barbecue. So what yes, a I'm sweetie, a, yeah, oh, I'm so eternally sweet. in his debt. I made a joke the other day, and he thought that I had come down with COVID, and he was like, "I will bring you whatever you need." Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, I don't, I don't have COVID. I was just listening to "Landslide" by Fleetwood Mac, and I, I, I made a, I made a change to the lyrics. No, you don't need to do that. Wow, you are great. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is amazing. Shout out, Dustin. Hi, Dustin. Hi, Dustin. You- Hi, Dustin. 
yeah, he's a huge uh, he's a huge Tone Mob supporter and has for has been for a long, long time. So yeah. Oh wow! Who do I get to shout out? Um, I'm gonna shout out um, the dudes as Stumac, Eric, and Dan. Mm-hmm. And I want to shout out uh, my buddy Ian, who has another Patreon called Ian Hates Guitars, which Ooh. is where I've been getting all of my um, restoration information mm-hmm. for the past year or so. Wow. That, okay. Oh, he's doing he's doing good stuff over there. It's like it's very highbrow Luthen until you get <laughs> into the comment section. Then it's very uh, you realize it you know, everybody's just the same. So right. <laughs> I, I want to shout him out. And, uh, my buddy McQuiston, who's, uh, who has made the, uh, coolest drive pedal that I've used in a very long time. Oh, um, his, his thing is called integral audio. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's, I'm going to stop it there for now. Okay. Where can people find you all on the internet? Two places. <laughs> <laughs> uh our our repair shop in kansas city missouri is called fountain city guitar works uh if you're on instagram that's at fountain city guitar works all right and then um the custom guitars scythe guitars uh we're doing really crazy good things this year so give us a follow um look into our stuff we as much as I say, I think that we sound like we don't know what we're talking about. We, I swear we do. <laughs> um, we are really doing good stuff and at a price point that you will not believe. <laughs> um, but uh, no, uh, Fountain City Guitar Works, Scythe Guitars. All right, perfect. And like just to reiterate, I can vouch for it. It is very good stuff. So dear oh, listeners, I'm serious. Go check it out. You'll be very glad you did. Uh, Ryan did not steer us wrong when he urged us uh, uh, when he came on this podcast to check out your guys' stuff. He is 100% oh, I haven't listened correct. to his. Yeah. So, oh, that was a spicy one. You'll want to listen to that one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. He got spicy on it. It was fun. Should we get we, spicy we, for the uh, the patron only stuff? We can get spicy if you want to get spicy. We're I, about to we're about uh, to slide over there. Yeah. Let's get spicy. Let's get spicy over there. All right, before so we should get probably spicy, sign we... up for that because we're gonna get spicy. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be so hot. We're gonna be scorpion pepper hot over there. Woo! Ooh, right. love that. Yep. We're pepper boys, by the way. Oh, you, we're gonna have a want... lot to talk about that. Yeah, this we'll is gonna get be into good. That. We'll on get into Patreon that. exclusive it's, stuff. It's literally gonna be spicy. Like <laughs> all right. Here's the final questions. Here we go. First one. What is your favorite boss pedal? Who's going first? Uh, why don't we go three, two, one, PH2. PH2 Super Phaser. Wow. I didn't see that coming. No. Wow. That's it. Together. Though. The PH2. That's a good pedal. That's I love a good it. Pedal. It's good. And mm-hmm. you know why it's good? Because why? I didn't have any other pedals when I was growing up. And I found out about that because I was listening to Incubus. Finally got the internet, figured out what it was, and mm-hmm. Mike from Incubus was using the PH2 all the time. Changed my whole world. I still use it to this day. It's the best phaser I've ever used in my life. All right. All right. The PH2. Not, not the best phaser I've ever used in my entire life, but I love it. What's and the best phaser you've ever used? I don't know. Uh, there's so many. It's like I don't even use phasers. That's the thing. I don't even use phasers, but that one is like, that one's going to my grave with me. <laughs> I like it. I, I love I like that it thing. A lot. Good stuff. And I love, I just love boss pedals. I, there's, I mean, I have one right here. It's just hanging out. Like, Blues Driver? Not, Blues Driver. Blues Driver. Woo. Woo. I needed one of these for a long time. This is actually a Christmas present from a dear listener, John Schick. He surprised me with it because I kept saying on air, like, oh, I need a blues driver. And all of a sudden, a blues driver showed up at my house. And I was like, huh, who got me this? And then he sent me a a text and was like, I see your presence arrived. I was like, oh, you're the best, John. Thank you. You're amazing. Way to go, John. 
Yeah. Yeah. Boss pedals have always been the gold standard, you know? Princess Pedal Board was all boss pedals. He was pretty good, I hear. Like, I heard he was I've never heard him play, but I I saw a picture of his board on, like, a rig rundown one time. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And he was Uh, using all boss pedals, and he was was tapping them with a... with heels on and they they clicked on every single time so that's I've never had one fail ever so you know that I can't say that about everything love boss and you know what oh I gotta clarify something some people have messaged me saying like congratulations on that boss sponsorship and I'm like no I don't have a boss sponsorship that's just a question that I that uh, listener Jason this is the listener shout out episode I think uh, Jason Fuzzmonger and moderator in the Toad Mob Facebook group thought of, and I thought that's a great question. I'm gonna start asking that at the end of every episode. So, but boss, if you're listening, you know your boy's here. Like, I, I love you. <laughs> also, boss, if you're listening, I ordered an HM2 back in July. Whenever, whenever the pre-order came out for the Wazacraft HM2, uh-huh. I still haven't received it yet. Um, <laughs> if you could get me that. Uh, I don't have a 12 volt spot on my adapter for my pedal board, and I'm desperately needing to get the Waza Craft version on my pedal board. Mm-hmm. If if we could get that going, that Thank would you. be awesome. Thank you, boss. And you are the best in your control. <laughs> I I know some people at Boss, and I think they might listen to this. So let's see if that happens. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Come Fingers on. Crossed. Come on, everybody. I got my Wazation too, so I'm good. I didn't get mine. I didn't get mine either, but I didn't order it, so I can't complain. I did order it. I I also love the Boss. Runner up HM2. HM2. How do you like the new one versus the old one before we sign off here? Uh, I I think it's just as good, if not better. I was wondering if it's better because I have a I have an old one and I like it quite a bit. For not for the chainsaw sound, though. I don't like the chainsaw sound. I don't do the chainsaw sound. No. No, I do, I do, I do low I, gain with it. I make it. I don't do low gain, but I, I do. I make it beefy. Make it real yeah. beefy. Mm-hmm. Use low gain on an HM2. Oh, I'm yeah. amazed right oh, now. Oh god, shoegaze, dude. <sighs> I love this idea of that. I'm gonna try it now. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You're just dropping bombs on me all over <laughs> yeah. this episode. This is wonderful. Okay, better get to the last question. Here we go. What is your favorite kind of pizza? Uh, anything pepperoni, mushroom, jalapeno. Anything? Pretty much. Like, I'm not super picky about crust. I I, I prefer, like, a Brooklyn-style foldable crust. Mm -hmm. But I'm not always going to get that. Uh, So if it has pepperoni, mushroom, jalapeno, I'm good. Yep. Same. It's like you're related or something. It's genetics. Yeah. It's yeah, it's 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 weird how that works. It's almost so strange. Sometimes we can actually finish each other's sentences. (gasps) Oh! Wow. Wow. I feel like I'm in the parent trap right now. This is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was brilliant. Well, hey, thank you guys for coming on. This has been phenomenal. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's probably a good place to wrap this thing up. What do you say? Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, for Mark and Sean, this is Blake. Good luck and good tones, people. There you have it, folks. There's another one for you. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you are a patron of this podcast, you are in for a treat of a conversation. We go down that spooky, spooky road, and it is a lot of fun. We really have a good time. So if you would like to hear that, you can support the show over on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash tone mob, and you can support the show for just five bucks a month, and you will get extra episodes beamed directly to your ears. If you can't do that, no sweat. No sweat at all. Please just share this with a friend. Let somebody know. Shout it from the mountaintops. That's the only way this thing keeps going. So thank you so much for everything. Thank you for checking out the Foxwoods. Thank you for checking out the Slice of Pie. I know you heard that last week's episode. Slice of Pie has been going great. Oh, that's right. I was supposed to mention that we are almost out of cheese. So We had pepperoni and cheese, just depending on what flavor you needed, and we are almost out of the cheese, so if you've been looking to grab one, hurry up and grab one, because they won't be available for a while after those are gone. So uh, we are doing these in batches. 
they will be available uh, as much as possible, basically. So, uh, but you might have to wait a little while to get in on the next batch if you are wanting a cheese slice. So anyway, thank you for everything. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com Stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.